1: Welcome to another episode. You know, I learned something new about you, David, yesterday. And actually, we're, we're you know, watching you do your serial review live. Um, very high with, uh, I guess, another person on it. I thought it was your show.
0: No, 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 no. He asked you just like, hey, we should do something together. And I was just like, all right. And he invited me onto his. So I'll have him doing uh, doing a video soon.
1: I was hoping you were reading the comments because I was like, your rating system, it's trash. Like, I oh. wanted the guy to ask about your rating system. He's like, what is your scale? I'm like, there is no scale. It's all made up. It's ridiculous.
0: I was like, did you hear what I said about it? I was like, there's this guy, this guy, I forget. I don't know his name. He goes nameless and he just sits there and he critiques it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you said that, I was like, this son of a bitch. No, but I was like, I wasn't looking for a shout out or anything. I was really wanting you to talk about it because you got to understand at any point in your life right now, maybe when you were like 10, 15 years old, do you think you'd be doing what you're doing right now?
0: No, I thought I'd be a golf professional.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to ask about that in a second. But being 15, looking at yourself now, do you think it's a good thing the way you turned out or a bad thing?
0: I think I turned a little fucked up because of my operating and my uh, my environment growing up. So but I think I think I, I lead a normal life, too. So and I enjoy this. So I don't look down on myself for doing this. I enjoy it. So I don't really think about it. I just do it because I enjoy it. So, I don't you, should really be, sure.
1: you should be fucking happy, dude. You're all oh. you get high and you review cereal like and 20 years ago. That wouldn't even been a thought. It was like, hey, you need to get a carpentry job. You need to do these types of things, but still fucking reviewing cereal while high. And like, okay, so I have a question for you. Now, I learned about you yesterday. The fact that I thought since when I met you was probably about a year and a half ago. So I've always known you to be this weed guy, but apparently you weren't always a weed person. Like when it became legal is when you tried it.
0: Yeah, no, well, I, I, I smoked a little bit before it was legal, but I mean, I we'd ha- we'd just get high once a week, Friday night, me and the wife just munch out, order some food. And then when it became legal, it was a lot more accessible and you can get better stuff because it was sketchy just getting it from some guy off the corner or, hey, my buddy knows another guy that he gets some weed. It was just too much work and it was too expensive. But once it became legal, and then obviously once my sister-in-law started dating uh, a drug dealer, last summer then we got a really good hookup, and that's when basically when i started uh, my high spoon is when i actually got a good contact with good weed so it all worked out together i i had a good supply of, of cereal and weed and and then you supplied some guests for me and, and that was that
1: well when we say a good supply of wheat you mean like a comfort area where you don't feel like you're have to meet this guy to go pick up a bag you know those awkward interactions you get when it's always with the drug dealer i'm like why can't getting drugs be kind of easier i think that's the whole point of dispensaries is it makes it like oh i don't have to meet some sketchy dude in a parking lot where he goes like you're gonna have to knock on this door three times and then spin the fucking wheel and the next thing you know i know that's you it's a signal or flash your headlights i'm like look bro i'm just trying to get a little bit of pot and try and relax
0: it's pretty much – that's how hard it is to do it in the States, eh? You guys uh, you guys have the law on it down there, eh?
1: I think it's becoming way more legal now. Like, Oregon made every single drug legal. So I don't what? think it's going to be that long until it's all going to be legal everywhere. And the funny thing is Oregon followed Sweden's laws of making everything decriminalized. And that means cocaine, heroin, everything. Their crime rate has gone down significantly, like It's showing a proven effect. I mean, Sweden made everything fucking legal because they're like, it's going to make everybody not want to do it because it's legal. And then they were right. And we did that in Oregon. And now some states are starting to look at that. Like maybe we should make psilocybin mushrooms legal. I like that stuff. I don't know where you go when you're high. I know you you talk about like, it's like a fun thing. It kind of kills the time, brings joy. I mean, like all my experiences have been bad, but one thing I started to realize when you go to – let's say you smoke weed and you go travel and you go running or something. When you look off of like a building <laughs> – I stay
0: at home. I stay at home.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, have you ever been like high and then up on like a severely high spot, like maybe looking off your balcony or on your – Oh,
0: no, 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 no. I've just gotten high and the, the, I've gone to a grocery store and that's the extent of me being paranoid in public thinking everyone's looking at me. But yeah, no, I haven't been to an actual – uh, a high spot being I'd, high walling up, being high would be kind of cool though
1: well i mean like getting high have you ever been like on looking off like your back porch or something and then just look down and then had a thought like what happens if i jump from here what where is that? <laughs> see your reaction i thought was the strangest thing which is what i always got so whenever i got high i would always look off a balcony and i'd be like imagine if i just jump from here and I thought you say that and just like your reaction, people go, oh, my God, like you might be severely depressed, which is why I stayed off weed, because I was like, I don't want those thoughts. You know, I have my own inner demons. I just found out the other day. <clears throat> it's actually a phenomenon called calling into the void and void in French is a different term, but it's actually a strange phenomenon when you get to a very high, high building Your mind, when you look off of it, it happens sometimes for some people, which is where it starts to question what happens if I jump from here? It's not that you're going to do it. It's just your brain questions it because it's this reaction of, can I survive? It's a whole bunch of different influences, maybe with your creativity and just your imagination
0: gone wild. The, the highway I drive on every day for work, I'm um, usually, I, it's, I don't have like those kind of thoughts, but if I'm driving down, it's a single lane highway and the opposite traffic is coming. It's a bad highway for, um, for deer. I've actually got nicked by a deer before going hundred kilometers an hour. I had to jam on the brakes and kind of almost <laughs> kilometer. And then I hit, yeah, yeah, whatever, miles per hour, 60 miles per hour. There we go. And then, uh, and I've always thought, okay, well, okay, what are what are my, what are my options? If a deer comes out, what will happen if I take the car off, go off the guardrail, and go into the water or anything like that? Right? I mean, your your mind just starts to wander. It's it's not a bad thought. It just what if? Right?
1: Yeah, they call it calling into the void, and I always like it. Makes me honestly. Spinoff and, what?
0: Spin off podcast.
1: Calling, calling into, into the, the void. That's That would be a better one than out of the blank, but <laughs> yes. it would be. That's um,
0: like that's that's the father of uh out of the blank.
1: But it makes me kind of like really start to relook at weed again. Like I always talk about. Like I think the important part about drugs is like maybe it's not for everybody, but at the same time it also can show a true reflection of oneself. Um, that's why I'm like pro mushrooms. I think honestly you should give inmates like massive like salvia or something because that shit is like.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, that's what that's the drug that you um, can. not Steve was on yeah so yeah.
1: imagine being in a drug trip for 30 years and really realizing how precious it was and then when you wake up out of it, it's only been five minutes like that's going to make any person on death row change their ways fucking immediately
0: God, it just rewires thing like my sister in law we ordered um, uh microdose mushrooms uh, just after Christmas she got them online and basically we took hold them, on a
1: second. What do you mean they ordered mushrooms online? How fucking legal is it in Canada?
0: Through a website, we had to, we had to inter, like we had to send money to them. It wasn't like you had to pay online. You had to directly send the money. And uh, we got to, there was two different types of pills, like 250 milligrams, 500. So basically I think 1500 milligrams is the equivalent to one gram of actual shrooms. So me and, me and uh, Emily's sister took them. And uh, we we were waiting, we were waiting. We're like, we don't really feel anything. What's going on here? So then we got high on top of that. And then all of a sudden, about an hour later, it felt like our whole bodies were melting into the couch and it it all sparked just finding a a trippy YouTube video. And that's what kind of set the tone for the high. So it depends on your environment when you get high too.
1: Well, you want to be in a positive one so you don't create a bad trip. 100%.
0: Oh, 100%. right. But
1: I feel like a bad trip, there's positives to it too. Even though it might be scary at the time, I believe it does make some things come to the surface that you're neglecting in your life. Like, I don't want to uh-huh. get deep with it and all, but every thing I've heard of when someone's like, I had this crazy ass trip where a bunch of gestures were flicking me off. And it was, they come to the realization of like, oh, the gestures flicking me off is a symbol for don't take myself so seriously. And it's like, I mean I guess you can get that out of anything. You can fucking see a new brand of soda in the store and be like it's a sign from God telling me I should try this, you know what I mean? But
0: It's almost like you're when you're conscious, you're you're dreaming. So basically yeah, your trip is basically a dream, but you can remember everything. I don't know. I find like I get high every night and I don't dream anymore. It sucks. And then there's uh, the, the odd few nights where I don't dream, like I don't get high, and when I fall asleep, I dream my dreams are insane.
1: See, here's the issue though. If you make mushrooms or you make acid and all that stuff legal, you're not understanding that it's like a, it's like a coin flip. There's a small percentage that it might mess you up for the rest of your life. Like a lot of people that have taken mushrooms and acid, they, there are some people that have developed schizophrenia from it. Like it all started when they'd had one bad trip and next thing you know, they're just schizophrenic for the rest of their life. And I just like, our brains are so sensitive. I think that's why it's a part of a reason why it's not legal um, fully. But I believe like if you're willing to just condone to that happening and understanding that that might happen, you should just make it legal. So people aren't trying to do it in sketchy areas. You know what
0: I mean? No, hundred percent. Right. And there was actually like, there was a killing here that doesn't happen very much. It was two college students and one was a drug dealer and it has footage of him basically dropping off a bunch of weed to this one guy and then basically was never seen again. And the guy that they, they suspect basically is parents own a pig farm about an hour away. And they think they thought they basically chopped up his body and and scattered throughout. They've never found his body yet. And I mean, that's over weed, like basically over maybe 10 grand of weed. I think the guy didn't have the money but he wanted the weed so he killed the guy. And he was supposed to be, he was in school for to be a doctor. Just, I mean, drugs make you do crazy things.
1: That's the scariest part is that you can want something so bad you would kill for it. And I think that's part of another reason. Like, obviously, there's some laws with like how it's illegal in America is it got slipped under this. This one dude was going around trying to be like, you got to ban this because the word marijuana came from came from mexico which was supposed to be like they thought it was this drug where the way that they was described to the courts was like there's a drug called marijuana it's coming over here to the states and it makes you violent makes you rape makes you kill uh. and then so the court system was like then we have to ban that drug but that he didn't just ban marijuana he banned everything under the sun the umbrella term he banned hemp he banned everything. And then once they realized when they were banning this drug, marijuana, they didn't know it was weed. They it was they were told differently. So when they passed the bill for it, they were like, wait a minute, that's hemp. That's everything. And we grow stuff with hemp. And he goes, too late. You can't go back and just do the whole thing over again. It's already been banned. So then everyone's like now starting to relook at all this stuff and like, oh, my God, this drug isn't like that. It's Whoa. been mixed the wrong way. But it is fucking strong as shit. It's a lot different than it was back in the day.
0: I feel like the stuff back in the day was, was stronger. I mean, I remember smoking with my dad there a couple of years ago and I thought this stuff was strong and he's just like, yeah, this is all right. And I mean, when we were growing up on the street, my, um, my parents' neighbor uh, grew it for the, uh, the government. He had like a hydroponic plant plate place. Horticulture. So. I mean, there's, there's some times where we would come out and we'd see like, he'd drive a really nice car and his, his car would be sitting on blocks so, I mean, he was basically the drug dealer for the neighborhood, right? And I remember my my childhood friend would look at their ashtrays he like, "Hey, those are, uh, those are joints, And I remember when we were in teenagers, my parents would be like, if you guys stay in, we'll give you, uh, I don't know how I'm saying this, a little bit of weed. We didn't know what to do with the weed because we were like 13, 14. So, I ate it. and played Nintendo 64, cruising USA with a body stone. And I never really smoked it until, yeah, I was probably late 20s. Because I always just thought if it had the, okay, weed is for stoners that are basically low lives that it just gets your. I I assume that it just gets your life off track, and I'm just like, where I was just a, I, I thought I had my life together. I'm just like, I can't do both, right? But you can. I find.
1: Well, one of the theories is that it's the reason why it was always like conceptualized as movie as being the stone drill. It does have a lot of the movie qualities to it, where it's like all I want to do is sit down and. But I know people that are functional. I just think it depends on the person that does. Like I know people that won't get up out of bed until they've smoked, just to be able to like function in every single day life. Like. People in my family, for instance, like my whole there's some parts of my family that are big weed fanatics. That's why every time I smell weed, I think of like Thanksgiving or Christmas, because whenever I go over to my grandparents house, that smell is nostalgia to me. I was like, holy shit, like, why am I smelling grandma while you're doing a bong rip right now? Like, um, but it's the aspect of like some people can function on it and some people it gets severely lazy, but they capture they capture that in movies because that would be funnier. And then now everybody thinks stoners, like you're going to be sunk into the couch. You're going to be on this addictive path. But I think the issue is that now that we're relooking at it all over again, it, the legalization of it is based on the fact that they don't have a way that they can make it and sell it until just the past like couple of years, they started being able to put that down. You know, there's the same reason why cocaine, there's, there's medicinal coke, but what the, f- like, they don't, can't keep re- are replicating it it's this aspect of like they don't know how to get it into a good form to sell it to the public so they can't make money off it like that and that's why all these like i'm going to possibly be getting a new job at a horticulture farm and one of the uh application one of the applications for it was like you can't smoke weed Cause they don't want you taking any of the product home. And I'm like, all right, well, fucking, I don't like weed anyway. So I might as well work there, but working with plants all day and getting to see like everything down to the science and basis of it. I mean, there are people that grow yeah. it in their freaking uh, closets and shit. I'm like, I would rather be at, I think a dispensary is a little bit more of like a, depends if you're a fucking local business supporter you're gonna be like i'd rather support my local drug dealer i'm like well at the same time you want to make sure your drug's not laced with shit because everyone down here at least in my state or whatever they lace it with like heroin or they lace it with some type of opioid too so you gotta be careful
0: but yeah like so we found a, a weed bud in a coffee mug at a, a retail store the other day and we're just and we smoked it i don't even know what we were thinking we're just like, well, it smells like weed. Let's just mix it in with our other weed, right? But I mean, yeah, down the states, it's it's just so the unknown, right, of what could be in it. Well. Um,
1: Drugs are just this weird thing where it's like you get put in very, very uncomfortable scenarios than what your average everyday life is. Like my buddy works HVAC, the one who I did my first episode with, and I would send him a picture of like a hotel or something. He'd be like, dude, that place is a massive drug warehouse. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He goes and he took me into one of these rooms and I'm not going to say the name of the hotel, but he would be like, watch this. Because he does HVAC, unzips the vent or whatever it is to clean out the air filter, and he pulls out behind the air filter and there's just fucking weed, there's pills, there's everything just hidden in everywhere in all these different rooms and shit
0: so they're basically like hey it's in this room at this i need the cash and wow
1: that's and it's like a hookup with like the front desk you just ask for that certain room you go in there take it out and everything but the weirdest thing i've ever seen is when he messaged me like three years ago and he goes i need you to meet me on like i think it was like 50th street or something and right when you come off the bridge so the bridge is on 60th street so when you come off the bridge into town you're about so we had to go about 10 streets to the right and he goes there's a place called the hilton And he goes, Bro, I found a fucking envelope with four grand in it. And I'm like, What? And he sends me a picture of all these hundred dollar bills. When he was working HVAC, you have to be
0: careful. Well,
1: yeah. He was working HVAC and climbing on top of the buildings to work on the AC units. And when he was going up the stairwell, there was a book bag sitting up top in the corner. And he was like, what the hell's in here? So, you know, he starts snooping around, opens it up. There were like 10 debit cards and there was like $4,000 worth of cash inside the envelope. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, shut up. Like, you just pulled that out of the bank. He goes, come over here. I'll give you four, four I think it was like $400 he gave me. And he was like, yeah, he goes, but what I'm going to use this money for is I'm going to pay off the rest of my mom's mortgage and stuff. And I was like, oh
0: my God, I was going to say, if there's ever a time where you just lose contact completely and he's gone off the grid, then you know, either... He was caught doing something or he found a big enough stash that he just didn't tell anybody and fucked off.
1: (laughs) Well, he was like, there were drugs in there. There were pills in there. And like, then I was like, all right, I don't really believe you. But like, he gave me the $400. I was like, what else did you leave in that bag? He goes, I don't know. I was so scared. I just ran out. So then I went to the place like an hour later. And the bag was still there. And I searched through it and I looked at, I saw the debit cards, I saw the drugs in there. And I was like, oh my God. And the next thing you know, as I'm walking down the stairwell, getting into my car, two white BMWs, I mean, souped up, like fucking 50 grand easy put in each one of them. Two guys get out, walk right up to the stairwell. And I fucking drove off, I sped it. I was fearing for my life at that point, but this was a couple of years ago, but it was like this whole scenario of like, it gets really sketchy when you have to leave a fucking bag in a stairwell and like, you know, to do a deal or something like that. It was like, if you made it legal, it would be less scenarios like that. There would be more like less people getting shot, less people getting killed over something as simple as a drug that just gets you high for what, a couple of hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they've blown it out of proportion to be honest. Just, it's just a plant really. Um, I don't know. Like, I worry sometimes that my my work's gonna get a little uh, iffy about it because I'm basically just promoting myself being high on social media. But I mean, I've had nothing but.
1: You think that's the issue? Work's gonna have a problem with with you?
0: Oh, that and sometimes if I have a different, if I had a different product on there, basically not a PepsiCo product, but I always make sure to make sure it's a it's a Pepsi. Product, that's not the
1: issue I'm talking about. When I saw heard you yesterday on that live, that was like, yeah, there's a new Pepsi coming out. I'm like, bro, like I don't think they want you telling telling them the specials that are coming out like in the summertime and shit.
0: Uh oh, did I? Okay, I'm not gonna say anything else. Yeah, I should be uh, I should be iffy on that, but uh, hopefully that as long as it's not. I don't think they're actually none of my corporate people in Ontario or in the rest of the country are actually watching that kind of stuff. But I'll uh, say,
1: cause you were pulling up like all these new drinks that are coming out under bubbly and all that stuff. And I'm like, bro, like that's how people lose their jobs is when yeah. they start giving out like new scenarios or advertisements that are coming out. So let's just hope they're not watching your fucking cereal reviews. Just like, just exposed you- Pepsi blue.
0: At the same time, though, uh, on Friday, yesterday, we uh, all that signage that I showed on the video—they basically dropped in the back of every single store, so they all know it's coming. And I think there's so. What's some Pepsi Blue? What?
1: What's Pepsi Blue?
0: Really, you don't remember what Pepsi Blue is? Like, it's from—I, it was around maybe in the early 2000s. Well, obviously, when you were just a kid, it's—it's uh, it's Pepsi and it's blue. That's it. Um, I know the blue
1: can, but I thought that was just original it's, it's, Pepsi. It's,
0: it's the color of it's blue. That's it, and it tastes like Pepsi. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Coke made New Coke. It's like now you're admitting that you fucked up, so yeah. you had to make the recipe. I don't like that. See, that's the thing though. Like I'm, a, I was always a Mountain Dew kid. So like when it comes to like Pepsi and Coke, I didn't know the difference until I was With in my
0: 20s. And your skateboard and your tunes and your Mountain Dew
1: i'm not holding a boom box up to my head just popping down the fucking street no i just that was a, it was like i like the taste of that one i don't like sierra mist like why do you want to burn when you're drinking it
0: robbie what's what gets you going every day what what, what motivates you
1: what motivates me
0: yeah
1: not a damn thing and that's what i love
0: come on i know this podcast is yeah I mean it's you're cool whiz, man i can't keep up with you man you're just killing it
1: But it's a whole aspect of why you love doing the serial views, meeting awesome people, man. Like the think if I didn't reach out to you and then get you on the podcast and then started getting people towards you and then you. Oh, you really opened
0: me up just like a a big, uh, big hardcover book. And I mean, I've seen other guys. You made it
1: sound like I took your virginity.
0: No, no. And. I never thought it was weird just, just meeting people on the internet and talking to them because it's just, you get kind of used to it and you make, you make new friends all the time. And I imagine, geez, the amount, of, the amount of people you talk to and the conversations you have. I mean, like you said, like who needs school when I have this podcast? Like basically you talk to everybody from every all, all over the globe. The awesome was the brothel though down in Australia.
1: I think the idea that keeps me going every day is probably my ability to start questioning. It's just like, wh- why I asked you like, what do you, what do you feel like on weed? Cause on weed, I'm always questioning everything around me. Like what's, why is fucking money a thing? Why is it, you know, I just start going deep into stuff like that. And that's the biggest issue of why I think it's illegal a lot is because if you ever see pineapple express, when the dude's smoking the weed in the beginning, he's questioning everything. like Why are we underground right now? Like he's just picking plot holes of like a system that is very unfunctional. And I think you can see that when you're high. And then the dude's like, illegal, And I was like, that's kind of the point of life, I feel like, is to always have a question, never have answers. Like the person who you want to be is different from the person that you dream to be. And the reason why the person you dream to be is so ridiculous is because
0: it doesn't fit into today's society.
1: That's that's the one that everything is telling you to be. That dream one, the one that you're like, I wish I had this, I wish I had that, is different from the person that you want to be. The person that you should want to be is a good person, you know, that wants to find where they fit in life. But the one that you always dream to be is the one that's singing like fucking, I was listening to fucking Celine Dion and I was like, damn, I wish I had a vocals like that shit to be like able to sing.
0: (laughs) Of all things to like uh, benchmark Celine Dion, she's she's, uh, from Quebec, Canada. She's Canadian. So thanks for the uh, nice reference she looks but, like a bird yeah my heart will go on the titanic song I, that's all i remember no i
1: like ashes from deadpool 2 in the beginning
0: is she still singing is that is she singing ashes yeah oh yeah because ryan uh anyways
1: ryan reynolds is from canada and that's what i love yeah. about canada
0: i, I think we're we, i feel like we're a big test subject too so if like I imagine with the tax, this has helped paying some of our taxes down. And I feel like the States will probably have to legalize uh, marijuana to get the, uh, the sales tax from it. Well, the biggest fear is <laughs> if you, if you legalize it,
1: then it's going to have to go to another drug and then it's going to go to another drug. And I'm like, then why don't we just cut the bullshit and make them all legal? Like I don't want anybody doing heroin and stuff, but I listened to, I went to school for chemical dependency. So I studied addiction heavily. So I, I, you know, that affected my life in a way when I had family members that were addicted to things. So I f- listened to this podcast with a doctor named Carl Hunts, and he told me addiction was bullshit. And I'm like, hold on a second. I went to school studying this. He goes, you're not addicted to the drug. You're addicted to or you're not addicted to the drug. The drug is not what causes the addiction. It's the problems in your life that you're trying to avoid and something that masks it, like taking a drug, which makes sense. You know, people do uh, weed or something because their day is stressful. So make your day less stressful. You'll probably smoke less weed.
0: Yeah. What what are the things motivating you to do the drugs? Right. I mean, if you're not doing them or if that you don't have the motivation to do it, then then you don't have to do it. And he was basically I
1: I calling out the science of rehab facilities. He's like, rehab facilities are their, their ideas to make you better, but they're not actually there to fix the problem. They're there to fix the, the drug.
0: They're there to fix why you're taking that drug, which. Like what will we eh? Yeah. They get their the same habits and they're just like, well, this drug fit into those habits in my routine. Well, but imagine I, mean-
1: I put you in a rehab facility and you know, you're addicted, you're addicted to pot or something. and Next thing you know, like what you, you, you know, you had a house fire happen. You lost everything. And that's why you're, you started smoking weed to calm down. I, well, so act-
0: I started smoking weed, more weeds. Um, after my dad passed, I found a way to escape and take my mind off things. And ever since then, then I've, I, and then I've made an excuse to smoke weed because of the high spoon. So. Well, and they don't smoke anymore at all, so I feel like a weirdo now just getting high by myself. But anyways. Well
1: imagine I put you in a rehab facility and then we fix you smoking weed. We get you we we program into your brain that weed's bad. So then you go back to your everyday life. So that problem of your dad that passed or the problem of your house that burned down or something, that's still there. So then you're just gonna find a different fucking drug. And that's where usually people turn to alcohol. Alcohol is the only one that has a visible effect of you will go through some symptoms besides heroin. Like you you will go through withdrawal if you stop taking alcohol. And the reason why that is, is because it affects your nervous system. What happens is your nervous system becomes dependent on alcohol. So when you cut it off, your nervous system doesn't know what to do because it needs that. It's been linked to that now. That's not an addiction. That's that's something entirely different. And so these rehab facilities, I started realizing they're not there to help people, they're there to get you off the yeah. Cause if you have a guy that studies uh addiction with weed, he's only there to fix the weed addiction. He's not there to fix the actual problem that's causing
0: well, you to keep taking that drug. You a psychologist, you need to dig deeper. what What's the root of this tr- yeah, you taken this drug. Obviously, you just didn't wake up and oh, I'm gonna do drugs and then have problems. you had problems then you had drugs, right?
1: Well, imagine that's why I'm so pro like people taking like mushrooms or taking like DMT or something like that. I'm not saying everyone should do it. I've never done it. So I can't like speak for, it. but every person I've ever talked to that's taken a psychedelic drug like that has talked about like their whole life changed. Like one, a past guest, Dr. Tran, when he was on here, I was going to have him on again, but he was talking.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was talking about, taking a LSD or taking something like that. And he's like, everything around me, I was trying, I'm a doctor and I was studying to be a doctor. I thought all this stuff was happening and my life was going this way. But then all the walls just started melting around me. And I started realizing what was like true, what was like the importance of everything. And I'm like, I think that's what more people need is like, we built up walls, which are our homes to keep us out from or keep us inside from the outside world, which is to keep us away from our environment. Well, when you start losing touch with that, it doesn't just stop there. Eventually, you're going to build up walls into your own mind, which is going to let out emotions, let out feelings, and that's just going to harbor inside of you until you find something to fill that hole.
0: You uh, you do great speeches about- uh,
1: Should I be pro- like- a, a this,
0: is, this is a good reason to do drugs. The wall, yeah, that's- I, I find getting high, um, it's almost like, is this the way I'm supposed to think? Like, I have just such a better take on things. And I'm just like, well, and then when I'm sober, I mean, are we just brainwashed? Is this just how we're we're supposed to be a certain way when we're sober? And that's what I like about getting high so much because I find it's like hitting the pause button. Everything kind of just slows down. I go to my front deck, watch the cars go by and listen to the, tr- everything sounds so much better. You can hear in the summertime, you hear the, the whistling of the the trees the, the, and the birds and everything. And I just sit out there and I'm just like, you just take a moment to realize and And it's almost like time slows down when you get high. And I don't know, and that's why I enjoy doing it so much because it really is a break in your day. It's like you hit pause button. You're, I'm more relaxed with with doing everyday tasks. Like take, put my kids to bed like five or 10 times when I'm high. (laughs) Yeah, because it,
1: it's showing you what's the important thing that's truly on your mind, your priorities, I would say, because how many times you come home after a long ass work day before you get high and you're just like, fuck, like you don't want to sit there and look at your kids. You don't want to sit there. But when then you get high, you look at your kids and you go, you're fucking amazing.
0: Oh, dude, I can. I let them stay up and I'm like, you're pure entertainment. It's just it's, and then it's weird. The fact that like I made a little spawn of myself and and he I wonder what I wonder what how is he's going to grow up and that's my only thing is when I get high I do get a little paranoid only about the fear the the fear of failing as a father. Will they not respect me when I get like when they get older will will they be proud of me like will they like I don't know like I know they're going to have phases where like you know what, dad, don't talk to me or, or whatever. Right. And there's going to be the phase where they're going to find out, oh, this is what dad was doing while he was doing serial videos. Right. But
1: you're not the only <laughs> one. I'm pretty sure. in one of these podcasts, I mentioned how I took a ship between two parked cars when I was 14 at a Baltimore Ravens game because we were stuck in a parking garage. So my kid hears that. Then he fucking hears that. You know, I'm not upset by yeah. it. <laughs> gotta be honest i you asked me what was get my in your
0: back pocket didn't you robbie i never heard that one <laughs> i've
1: said that i think episode 300 around that time or something like that but um there's something you said what makes me motivated to get up in the day and i feel like that answer is the question of everything the question go. of what is this am i who i want to be am i who i'm destined to be or am i influenced by everything around me to turn me into this person and neglect everything that I wanted to chase down. How many people are just have to do something? They're always told nobody, It's all goes down to the basic words that you say. And I feel like if you don't ever question anything, you're going to turn into a person that's either going to have wrong information or they're going to have this distorted perception of who they really are. And when I say that is it all boils down to the words. How many times does someone say you have to do something? You have to do this. You have to do that instead of do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? So, so many people are living their life thinking they have to get a job. They have to work nine to five they have to bring home enough money to support the family that is true on some aspects but do you think support comes from not only just a home but also from an emotional and mental state of being that is good in a great place I'm pretty sure your kids wouldn't want you fucking miserable just to have a nice ass house they'd rather have a dad that's there for them love them 24 7 and live in a shitty home because you make it better your home is you your home is your family your home is who where you where you are if you don't have kids if you don't have a family you are your home you your your state of being your you can think of yourself as your house the maintenance on it from the walls to the roofing to the fucking electric bill it's your fucking mind man keep that shit healthy and it's really hard to look at that when people read this and go Drugs are bad. Drugs are all these types of things. That's what we've been told. But now people are starting to realize they're not like they say they are. And it leads into this era that we're growing into with technology. It's the era of schizophrenia because nobody knows what the fuck to believe anymore. And that's why I say instead of being so solidified in your view of there's a God, there's this, there's that, there's whatever, just be open to the idea that it might not be. Had that question in your head.
0: We could it could all end tomorrow. Like, like I there's a Gerald Butler movie on uh where it was comets hitting the earth. Like, like, why not question? Like, what if today is your last day? Like, you're gonna regret not like I don't know, just being open. Like, I everyone think everyone calls me weird, but they think I'm funny. You're weird. I'm like, I say what's on my mind. Like, I say what I'm thinking. Like when I get high, I I dive into like I like how you share aliens, alien, um. Um, links and all that stuff, like, because I mean, there, there's got to be more to everything. There yeah. is. I mean, this this is is this the beginning, or are we all just being watched, or is it, like I don't know. It, there's just there's just too like like you said, like you like ask what motivates you is questions, and your podcast gives you the platform to ask your questions. So there you go. Like you're fulfilling your 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 want every day with these questions to random people.
1: I think the best thing is when you start talking to a bunch of people, you get a different perspective on what life is mostly because you're hearing so many different perspectives where you think one thing for so long. And then someone tells, you "No, this is actually what it is. Then once you start seeing all these people that are so solidified and different perspectives of how they think this thing is, you start realizing the way you're thinking about that is the same way. This person I talked to last week is thinking about that. And then you're wow. like, so what's the fucking answer? You both have <laughs> you both have what you say is an answer. So that means there has to be more than one, right? There's not just multiple choice, there's a fucking infinite amount of possibilities that could be happening right now. You know with the whole alien situation, there's reasons why that information would be kept secret to protect like us.
0: Satellite that, that that professor seen that that I remember you showed, you sent me a link in my Instagram there, like last week. Or week yeah, I
1: talked before. to my astrophysicist friend about, about that?
0: that. Right? Could that be like an alien satellite? Like
1: the, My thought is what they're thinking that asteroid that was in the sky is that they can't identify is that it's a, a message from an alien civilization because they just haven't been. It's just so flat it's so undescribable anything that we have never seen before where it seems like it was created rather than just formed through space Um, that's what she the astrophysicist uh, Dr. Serene Nemi I had on said that's what a lot of people are saying now but there's a lot of pushback towards that idea because what you got to understand is much like how if me and you were playing golf and we were going to have a competition and see who could win that's with it in science as well When somebody spends 50 years working on a research paper saying that there is no extraterrestrial life, that there's this, this, and then some person releases that, hey, there is extraterrestrial life, you're like, I just spent 50 years on a paper and what you're about to pass is going to say that mine's Invalid. (laughs) So people are fighting instead of the work of the progress of the human race to understand science, there's just pushback at every single corner. I mean, there's things we're not even thinking about. People are loving that Elon Musk is launching all these missiles and our satellites into space. You know, that makes it harder for us to be able to identify extraterrestrial life. Through astrophysics or uh astrology, just on the basic aspect of there's more shit in space now. We have a shit ton okay. of space junk.
0: Here. He actually lost a Tesla under there. um
1: his S9 rocket just blew up recently, and everybody's like, Well, we'll work better on the S10, and I'm like you understand like i didn't even think about this but someone had commented on the twitter video of this s9 rocket going up into the air and the point of it was it was supposed to be able to re-land in a better way so we're not just fucking watching them fly back into our orbit and landing in the ocean somewhere yeah, yeah. way to be able to have the rocket re-land for like moon trips and all this type of shit the thing exploded it just fell to the ground and just exploded a hundred mile radius explosion. That just burned and desolated anything in that area, plant life, all that. And people are like, understand, like I had, it was a person that was a, was a doctor in uh, biology or ecology or something was like that whole area where that rocket just blew up where you're saying, oh, work on the next one, Elon. Well, that just ruined that whole area from life ever growing there. And I'm like, that's a perspective I would have never even thought about because that's why like you can use social media in a positive way to connect with people and get more ideas of things. The issue is that's not how it works anymore.
0: He wants to protect mankind and preserve life by exploring other planets. But at the same time, what he's doing right now is destroying pieces of, of what we have right now.
1: Well, the idea that this earth isn't going to be around a whole lot longer, which I don't I I can believe and I also can't just because I think if, if aliens are real, people always talk about like, why are they here to attack us? It's like maybe they're here to, you know, maybe we were created by aliens. That's the biggest theory that people have out there is that they my idea is like they took four planets or a number of planets and they just dropped off these little microorganisms onto the planet. And eventually through evolution, we just evolved from those organisms and they've just been
0: evolved though. That's the question. Like, are we the first of everything? Like this could be the beginning.
1: We could could be the last they could be like, these guys still aren't fucking ready yet. But like when they start like (laughs) the weirdest thing is like, people say like, why is it all coming out now? It hasn't. Greek philosophers and people throughout ancient history have been talking yeah. about things ancient like this. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I just feel like there's more of a filter and, and, and everything. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff. Like you said, it's been out. Um, but everyone's just so closed lipped about it and just afraid to disrupt the, the normal, I don't know. They just don't want, they want to keep the normalcy on earth and nobody to freak out. So that's why, or basically,
1: it's the same thing if you look back, like maybe like 50, 60 episodes, I was freaking out about the conspiracy theory with climate change. Like I, I was like, climate change is obviously real, but I don't believe it's as bad as they're saying it is. That's true. There is reports of people on the media saying there's going to be more hurricanes, there's going to be all these type of stuff. Actually, through statistics and basic studies, hurricanes have been happening less and less and less. Oh, good. But the way that they say it on media news is like, if I tell you there's a storm coming pack your shit and get out. That's how the news always says it. Like, it's going to be a dangerous storm. Make sure you bunker up and all this stuff. They're being way too overprotective and way too drastic at the fear that you might not react as you should, which is just take some precautions. So that's what they do with climate change. They tell you the world isn't going to last a hundred years. It's going to last a lot longer than that. But, we might go through a whole nother like nobody even thinks about a whole nother ice age, you know, that can happen again. We're due for something like that to happen again, where the earth just freezes over. I mean, it's like a clock. We're throwing it out of balance with all the shit that we're doing to it. But then you get into a cycle. (laughs) Yeah. And the conspiracy theory of like climate change is obviously real. It's just not as drastic. It's the same thing with when you say something like that, people go, are you a climate change denier? Do you hear that? what that word means, climate change denier? It's like saying you're a 9-11 denier. It's like saying you, you're you denying that that happened, which makes you seem like a fucking nut job, which people look at you like, all right, yeah, climate change denier over here. Like that's the way they're saying that. It's all with the way the, the words that we use and the way media can distort you in such a way to make you this fucking nut job when it actually might be a possibility. And that's with aliens too. Our, our friend, Corey. His favorite movie is Aliens. Yeah. People are saying that maybe all these movies about aliens is a way of kind of programming us to realize that if we ever do come in contact with aliens, we're not just thinking little green men. We're thinking that there could be a whole vast possibilities and everyone, when it comes to extraterrestrials, same
0: Same thing. They're just trying to get us kind of ready. I don't know. it's, It's always something dramatic. It might be something zombie.
1: like that, or it might just be, you know. I don't believe the, alien,
0: the alien Zombies are coming. I know you are about I am Legends.
1: That's the vaccine <laughs> thing.
0: Yeah, you think it's gonna, that's Coronavirus is the coronavirus starting to dwindle down a little bit in the states. Uh, the attention. More people are getting
1: vax. It's really weird because I'm getting vaccine texts on my phone that are like, "The vaccine is safe. The vaccine is effective." I'm like, <laughs> first of all, if you say it's safe in a text. I already don't fucking believe you, and it's like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody that takes it. Go ahead, but we're still gonna be wearing masks. It's not gonna go away. Fauci said, you, you know, it's gonna be ten years of this. You know, you're never gonna shake hands Whoa. again. Yeah. You're never gonna shake hands again. You're never gonna do this again. And I'm like there's out of I think it was like four people out of twenty four thousand that took the vaccine had developed cerebral palsies from it or uh whatever not cerebral palsies um what's the face numbing thing Bell's palsy that's bell's- what it is Be- oh, okay. bells Bell's palsy where half your face yeah. goes numb four people developed that and what, it's not Earth? oh wow from the vaccine so I'm like yeah. There are some people that are like, I'm afraid to get it because there are some people that you get a flu shot and you get severely sick. It's not that the vaccine's bad. It's just that everybody's genetic code is so different. What they're working off of is a base template for all of it. And we're now learning more stuff. Like there's now a second variation of it in Africa. Our vaccine doesn't work for the one in Africa based on the attack of the proteins there. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying is like, it's, it's going to keep changing. It's going to keep doing all these things and you don't want to accidentally take something and then it affect you that way. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, I think that's your right to not take it.
0: Yeah. To each their own. Right. I mean, just keep wearing. Well, like you said to keep wearing. So you guys are re- uh, regulated masks, right? Yeah. Now is it was a mandatory. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been mandatory for a while.
0: Well, okay, I wasn't sure if down in the states it was because I seen somebody else I follow on uh, Instagram down in Florida, and he's because that that there's very.
1: Yeah, there's very few states in the um out of the 50. I think there's about four or five that just don't give a shit anymore. And I think I'm starting to see people get a little bit of the mask fatigue, too, where they're like, I don't feel like fucking putting this shit on. It just – it's it either gets ingrained to you. I mean, back when it was first starting out, how weird was it that everybody was wearing masks? And now it just seems like you're weird if you don't have a yeah. mask on. That's the programming shit I'm telling you about.
0: Like we had it. We had our lockdown, and then we see – We didn't have the mask mandatory until the start of uh, August. So like before then, I'm just like, I'm like, why are you wearing a mask? You're overreacting. Why are you wearing your mask in your car and all this stuff? And now that you see somebody, like I just keep my mask on usually until I get to the car. Like I'm just, you don't even think about it anymore now. It's just.
1: It's the same thing with what electric cars are going to be like. It might seem rare that people have electric cars, (laughs) but eventually that's going to be the new normal. I mean, think about like what what I really what I what I really wanted to talk to you about last time, which was the whole like you told me your um, that M had frozen her eggs. And that you know, your kids, for instance, they're from the same thing of they're the same round of eggs. So technically, they're not really like brothers. They're kind of like the clone of the same person, I would say just at different years. They're both, that they-
0: same batch. they're both embryos from the same batch of eggs in 2013, except for Braxton was born in 2013. Tucker was fo- frozen for three and a half years, and then we thawed him out and 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 planted him in. Italy, and then there we go. So it's just it's just weird. There is and there's just their attitudes are so much alike, and there is some similarities. I, when when we first found out we were pregnant with with Tucker, we're like, oh my god, it's going to be the clone of Braxton. They're going to be twins separated at in petri dish. But it's such a cool process, though.
1: Do you think that they're different in some ways because of maybe the the year difference? Like just the aspect of like what time, like a kid born in the nineties is different from a kid born in the two thousands.
0: I would say that, but I, I think my, especially Braxton, he's more obsessed with the eighties and nineties culture than I was back in the eighties and nineties. Like he's obsessed with the seventies. When did this, uh, when did Atari come out or in this, He's telling me about, he's watching YouTube, like events that happened in the 80s and the 90s. He's obsessed with that culture. Right?
1: Just- Nobody's obsessed with their own time period. Nobody's obsessed with like, if you're oh. born in the 2000s, you're not obsessed with the fucking 2000s. You're obsessed with the older shit or the newer shit. You want the newest stuff is because you, you 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 already know that lifestyle. It might be you know, a little bit of nostalgia to you, but you want the all other stuff. You want the stuff that your parents had around the house or something like that. If he had a bunch of 80s and 90s stuff, he's going to be picking up all that. He's like, this is nostalgia to me.
0: I sound so old, but I like you see the Champion brand. That was like the the cheap brand back in the early 2000s, late 90s. That you see some kids wear now. It's like the thing now. Champion. I'm just like, wow. Like teenagers around here dress like the 1990s now. It's strange
1: you should go over to uh, russia or bulgaria they're dressing like <laughs> 20 years in the past everything hits later there like they're wearing the who shirts kiss shirts and you're like yeah. yo, know, that was like in the 90s and 80s was when kiss was like huge
0: they're just and, not as influenced as our obviously where, where they live right i mean that's kind of yeah. nice but...
1: i mean i worked at a hotel with um this one kid who was wearing a kiss shirt and i was like oh i know kiss he's like you know kiss good music right i'm like yeah, man, like, you don't know how big of an influence that was in my life. And he goes, what do you my mean? Dad, I'm like, my yeah, my dad was in the Kiss tribute band. And this kid lost his fucking mind. Like, he was talking to, like, the the son of George Foreman or something. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, Kiss was cool back in the day. But in some countries, it's just becoming something new over there. But it's like, oh, my well, God, said, you ever heard of this? Late bloomer. Yeah. Um,
0: I like how this conversation has gone everywhere.
1: It's kind of how the show goes. I don't know. Well, think about like time, for instance. It's irrelevant. It doesn't make sense. It was created by man. So depending on where you're from, times are different. That's why we have time zones. And it's just on the basis of the sun in the sky and the moon in the sky. So it really brings to this whole distorted perception of like people always talk, oh man, I don't want to go into that. That would get fucking deep quick.
0: <laughs> you, are a, you are a deep individual, Rob.
1: People talk about lost time. People talk about like all this type of shit. It's like lost time. It's like time is what you make of it. Time is what you. I wouldn't consider if you spent 30 years of your life playing fucking video games and never leaving the house or whatever. That might suck for some people, but if that's what got you through your time, like I have friends that were massively bullied in school, where my one buddy just sits in his house and just plays video games all the time. Doesn't want to do shit. And to me, that seems like, oh, my God, like it's like when I got sucked into World of Warcraft, I played like five days straight, no sleep. And it just became a part of my life. And I was like, you can get consumed by things like that. But he has fun. He's loving life right now. So I'm like, there you go. Like it all time is relevant to you as you are as a person. If somebody tells you you're not doing something quick enough, if you're not doing something like this, it doesn't make fucking sense because you're working at the speed that you want to work at and you can kind of get sidetracked with some stuff. But I believe that's just part of your story.
0: Yeah. If you're not paying attention, if you're doing something and you're not even paying attention to time, that means you're actually doing something you enjoy. Like you're not thinking about time or anything like that. That doesn't matter you're in, you're in the, now you're in what you're doing. Right.
1: But you get so used to what people tell you that you lose track of yourself, I would say. And like an aspect of like, we talk about how like the cloning thing or whatever became normal. Now, like that's a normal 20 years ago. That wasn't fucking normal. 10 years ago. It wasn't fucking normal. Sperm donations weren't normal 20 years ago, but now it's like a normal thing. People just talk about, so what's the next normal thing?
0: I don't know. Now after 2020, I guess, no, there's no surprises anywhere. Really. I feel, is it going to be all downhill from here or what, what's going to happen?
1: People say 2021 is going to be a, a, a year of like redemption or whatever the year to make up what 2020 was. And I'm like, it's just another fucking year.
0: Yeah. Like 2020
1: a sucked, but a <laughs> it's, it's I thought for a lot of people where I would say 2020 sucked, people would say 2020 was amazing. And I would ask why. And it's about looking inside of yourself, realizing that that time home, that lockdown phase. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: You found stuff about yourself.
0: A lot more people like I had more time to connect with you and and doing serial videos and, and, and all that. Right. I mean, a lot of people took time to get in touch with themselves. I know a lot of people complain about having to work from home and deal with their kids and all that. Like you're going to cherish that time because soon it's going to be, you're going to be going back to the office, getting on a subway, like five o'clock in the morning, getting back at eight o'clock at night. And your kids won't even know who you are. So like take this time right now to make an impact in your, in your family's life.
1: Well, imagine you come home to your family. And your kids look at you with a foreign look and then that realization in your head just hits that you've worked so much that you're foreign to your own kids. Like that's, that would be the biggest fear in the eyes for me. If I was a father, you know what I mean? The idea that like, even in your own home, you're a foreign person, like the interactions you make in your everyday life, the interactions you make with the people that you love, the people that you care about, the, do you want them to know the true you or do you, they just want to know you as the guy that pays the bills, you know?
0: I try to leave a little piece of myself to anybody I talk to. I want to like, I don't want to like be fake, but I want to know like, Hey, like I'm an easygoing understanding kind of like, and I'm a nice guy. So anybody I meet, I just, or in with my family, I I just want to talk to them and, and not be just fake. Like that's the biggest thing. Like I meet so many fake people, whether it be work or just outside life. And I'm just like, man, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't feel like they, have a sense of who they are anymore. And, and and then they're fixed on their careers or anything like that. And I I don't know where I'm going with this at all. Well, Part of the
1: problem is people get stuck up into their own heads. And I think that's all a factor of what society tells you, you should be doing or what you should have, you know, we're flushed with so many images of famous people on the television, people that are making billions of dollars. And every article you read is like how to get rich quick. The reason why those are out there and just programs into your fucking like the biggest Oh my God, this one gets me every time. There's an advertisement for a dude who goes, just sit in my garage with my uh McLarens. And he points to the back and there's like a couple of nice ass cars. And he goes, and he's about, like about becoming that it's like this empowerment type thing of you need to be you and you're only person. You know, I fucking hate that. I hate when someone's like, why aren't you rich? Well, it's because you're not doing shit. And it's like, okay, hang on a fucking second. It's not- nice yeah, and
0: the,
1: when I saw that video with the dudes, I like just sitting in the garage with my McLarens, let me tell you how you could be a baller like me. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because I consider, honestly, what money, money can get you far in life. But what gets you more worth, I would say, is what is making you happy? What is yeah. making you be the person who you're, who you are, who you really are? Because there are times I question myself where I start going, am I the person who I'm supposed to be? or gonna to-
0: have that. They're gonna be confused that in those moments.
1: That's like- important, though. But how many people don't ask that question? Of are you who you're supposed to be? Or are you who they're telling you to be? So many people sit up in their own heads twenty four seven. I spent so many years through school just daydreaming about being a superhero, being whatever. Just on the aspect of I was trying to find what made me go into this escape, go to this place of trying to find myself. And that's a lot of people do that on an everyday basis. You say you meet fake people. I believe we were wearing masks long before masks were mandated. You know, yeah. nobody ever was truly being themselves because I think they spend way too much time into their own head dealing with like their own like fucking dream scenarios. Like instead, you're at a store buying groceries. In your head, you're already thinking about what you're doing like next year. You know, you're dreaming of like, imagine if I had a, Bugatti, or something, you're just like pushing a shopping cart. Next thing you know, you hit the back of a person's fucking ankles and they punch you in the face, wakes you up. (laughs) It's that (laughs) idea. Well, it's that idea of like you're, as you're living this simulation, this life, you're also living in another one in your fucking head. And it's sometimes you need to take a step back from that and you can make that one in your head a reality. But don't make the one in your head the one you choose to live in 24-7 because then you're not going to do anything in your everyday life.
0: You're being this person that you you think everyone expects you to be, which is not you, but you have to be this person. You have to put this face on every day. And, uh-oh. It says my connection unstable. Right, I can hear now. you fine. You hear me? No, I know what you mean. That's, that's the biggest thing why I like getting high and, and doing my thing because I can actually be myself and say what I want. And and not feel judged and 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 that's the greatest escape. I don't think I'll ever know who I really am supposed to be. I don't think a lot of people are like like I was told by usually someone usually knows what they, they want to be and, and what kind of career they want to be when they're twenty-five. I'm like, no, hell no. Like I well, just
1: So many people get told like you can be an astronaut, you can be the president, you can be that. And I'm like, that's fucking bad parenting if your parents telling you. Was that.
0: five year old that, but <laughs>
1: I don't think you should on the aspect of, I think that just sets unreasonably high expectations, which is why you have people that are 40 years old that are just pissed off all the fucking time because they're not, they're doing a truck, they're doing a dead end job, going to places they fucking hate. Now I did a podcast recently with Jason Latona and it was, I think episode 690. He quit his job after the previous one before that. Um, And that podcast was him talking about that. And it was just this whole aspect of like, not knowing who you are, but there's 365,762 days in an average lifespan of 71 years. So why waste a fucking minute of that being miserable?
0: No. Why? That's, I don't know.
1: Think that through 365,762 days and the average lifespan of 71 years. Hey,
0: you get that, down. Jesus.
1: that is a fucking very short amount of time.
0: When you actually talk about in days, like my son's always asking me, well, how many days was two years ago? Or how old will you be when he's obsessed with time right now? And
1: We're is, in fucking February, man.
0: I can't wait till the spring, dude. It's almost been a year since COVID started. It's crazy. Um,
1: Time goes quicker than you think, and people say when you have kids, time goes even faster. I think here's my theory. Oh, I mean,
0: it does. Once you get, I found time is great and stuff, and once you get down to a routine where you're working and then you have a family and all that, like it just as you get older, I find time goes quicker. And I'm to the point now where I'm like, man, I'm 35. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna blink and I'm gonna it's gonna become retirement. Like I gotta stay. It goes married. back
1: to what you said, though. It goes back to what you said. Is time going quicker? Or are you just stuck and you're not realizing the moments? Like when you said you get high, you realize time feels like it goes slower. It's because you're stepping back from this comfortable scenario that you've put yourself in to really take in every single moment. And it's why I've always asked the question. I asked you the first time you were on this podcast, which was what would be one sense you'd be afraid to lose? Mine was always my sense of touch. Because I believe if you truly take account of what you neglect on an everyday basis. When you get up out of bed, you get in your car and you drive to work. That's all that you're thinking. You don't notice your fucking socks on your feet. You yeah. don't notice the yeah. texture of your fucking fingerprints. That really, to that, right? There's it, no it's like some, to me, that feeling of like being able to rub my hands right now and feel my fingerprints. is like,
0: go like this, go like that. Like a hundred times. The, t- the tips of your, I think I did this with you before the tips of your finger will really, it'll feel like you're like basically pressing against a wall. Anyways.
1: All right. High thought. Um, (laughs) But I feel like when I'm able to feel my fingerprints and I'm able to kind of like start taking in like when I smoke weed and I'm sitting outside and I'm taking in like I feel the cold air in my lungs. I think it's like Dr. Strange when the spirit dimension or whatever, where something just grabs me and pulls me out of that fucking stupid sandbag body I'm living in and puts me into this era of like, look, time's not like not going you know, like next thing you blink and it's nighttime already and it's dinner and then it's breakfast and then it's dinner and then it's just these days over and over again. Take account of like, oh my God, like when people say like, I can't, time's going so slow. should t- fucking take grasp of that. I think the reason why it's all going so fast for everybody right now is because we're on lockdown. They say time flies when you're having fucking fun. Well, when you're sitting at home doing fucking nothing all day, it's gonna fly by quick because you're not you're you're not taking in the moment, you're just on fucking autopilot. That's why when people are like, Whoa, the time really flew. You were on fucking autopilot. Come off the autopilot for a minute and start paying attention to the minutes and the seconds and the hours.
0: Yeah. It's it's easy to get caught up with with whatever. And I had a moment there a couple of weeks ago where we were sledding at this this hill that I was I went to as a kid, and it was nighttime. And there was uh, I remember at the bottom of the hill, there was like a, a street light. And I remember as a kid, just basically like not caring about time whatsoever. And I just, I'd lay down with my snowsuit on and just look at the light and watch it snow and, and just taking it all in. And I'm just, I, I was just like, I wish I, I could just do that right now. Like being grown up with kids and all that stuff, like I can't just lay down and, and look up. And anyways, I got my two kids to lay down with me there and look up. And I was like, this is just a moment I I realized when I had, when I was a kid that it just, I think we just lose lose touch with ourselves as we get older i don't know
1: well when you lay down with your kids and you're looking up at like the the ceiling or something you guys are just talking you guys are kind of like questioning life or doing whatever you do (laughs) when you do that that might seem like a small thing to you but that's gonna be what they're gonna remember when you're gone that's like the biggest thing for me was like you know like i had a very good relationship with my dad when i was a kid even though he worked all the fucking time but the times he was home i took that shit in account like i would stay up on the couch till 3 a.m as a little kid just to be able to like when he came home after djing he would sit on the couch or something turn on the tv and i'd be like i fucking stayed up till you got here and then i would pass out a second later like and then i just remember like him carrying me up the steps but the deep The deep talks, like the stuff like when we went camping by the bonfire and stuff where it's like, this might seem like just another night, but it's something you're going to fucking remember forever because the impact of you doesn't leave when you die. You're not going to die, David, on that aspect of things. You're going to live on through your kids. You're going to live on through the memories that you create with people. That memory is going to fucking live on and on and on and on.
0: I'll show a quick moment. Like I had a, like, I have, I I have a breakdown from now and then just thinking about my dad who passed it almost three years ago and I was in the shower last night and that's usually where I might have a cry now and then. And I was just, I wrote some letters on the side of the shower just with the, with the raindrops and then it automatically remembered my dad used to take the soap on my back and just write letters. Like, guess what letter this is? And it just hit me. I was just a mess for an hour. Before I did that live, right? And I mean, it's just like you said, like it's just little moments when when you're younger, because kids remember so much. Like if I take, like my like Braxton, he'll just pull out, like, "Hey, remember at the, remember what happened like three years?" I'm like, "How do you?" How, I, I I find you have so much more of an um more room in your mind when you're little that you can remember things because you don't have so much going on, right? I'm just like, "How does he remember this?" And I, and like so, like you said, like. Right now is the biggest time to make an impact in my kids' lives and, and do little things with them. It's about being on autopilot.
1: autopilot. How many people do you come in contact with that say they have a shitty memory or they can't really remember a whole lot of stuff? I'm like, because you're not truly taken in the moment. That's like when I do a conversation. When we're talking like this and we get into this deep thing, we're both in the fucking moment. You know, I can hear your kids yelling in the background, but you're still paying attention to me. Oh, yeah. Our kids not, no, not that nobody's screaming now. Someone was getting murdered a couple of minutes ago. though. But um, when you're in the conversation, though, you're understanding what you're talking about. You're understanding what's going on. You're creating a memory that you're going to remember probably a year after this is over with. And it's the aspect of like kids don't have shit going on which is why they can soak up the information because they're the ones that are living in the fucking moment. But then eventually you start future tripping, which is when you start worrying about oh the car payment coming up in a month or the electric payment coming up in a month or all these other types of what's going to happen if I go to work tomorrow. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. You're future worrying on a situation that hasn't even fucking happened yet, which means you're spending time worrying about that and not focusing on what's happening right now. We're so distracted.
0: I think that's the biggest thing we want to win. I want to win the lottery. It'd be nice to have all that money, but then you're basically, you'll have money to have more free time. I don't
1: know. It's the idea that you don't ever want to have to struggle and it That's does. Responsibilities. Yeah, it, it sucks because the way the world is right now, it's kind of a money system. It's something, you know, you need money to do things. You need to work, you need to pay a house, you need to pay bills. You have responsibilities, obligations, to things. Shouldn't the price in life just be life like that seems like the biggest price of all time you spend
0: to have to, to be able to, yeah, have life to be able to experience whatever we're experiencing right now.
1: But we had to dumb it down by adding much on
0: what they don't have. They should concentrate. I think I seen a quote yesterday that what you you feel like you're more fulfilled if you actually concentrate on what you have than concentrate on what you don't have. Cause you'll always want more. Right. But I mean, you, you'll feel more fulfilled if you're like, man, like the way I like I'm in my mid thirties right now, I feel like I'm a lot more comfortable. I'm at a point now in my life where I feel, I've, I've, I feel happier than I have in years. It's weird. It's, it's, it's a tough explanation, but I think I've got to the point in my life where I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm happier. I'm happier than I was the past 15, 20 years. Right. So.
1: Do you think that's just because you're, you're having more of those little micro moments, I would say like with it probably happens more when you have kids. Is that because I believe that kind of turns you a little bit more emotional when you do have children based on them when you, when you probably were in your 20s. You know, I've seen so many people say like, Oh, you'll understand when you have kids, you know, you start empathizing more, you start understanding, like, the hardest thing for people to look at is when you see somebody walking on the street that you might have like an altercation with. Or, like, an argument, or you know, you're pissed off driving yeah, or something. But you only, how
0: many times have you had this? I love your scenarios. You just pop them out of anywhere. It's hilarious. Like, what?
1: It should I think about all the time, dude? I'm always constantly thinking when I'm driving, really, like on the road or something, and there's an old person in front of me, and I just get pissed off and turn into the next lane, and speed past them, and look at them like with the fucking, why are you going so slow type look. And I realize
0: oh, Road Rage, you gotta, I would love to just be in a car with you and, and see the rage. <laughs>
1: Well, it's an aspect of like, I look at that and I go, that person that's 70 years old in that car used to be a fucking baby and what was going on in their life and what are the moments that they have. And it made me think of death a lot differently. Like when I heard somebody got shot or got killed, I'm like, oh my God, a 30 year old person just died. Like I went to the three years, not even three years ago, just last September, this past September that happened, I had three friends die in a fucking month.
0: Yeah, you don't have – every time I'm talking to you, it's like someone else like –
1: Think that through though. Imagine that. You're a fucking parent and you spent 20 years invested time into a kid and they're just fucking gone. Like that was the biggest thing that really helped with my empathy factor on things of like, oh my god, like imagine that. Just a 30-year slate getting like that. It's just gone. All that invested time. It made me emphasize from a parent's perspective of what would I be like if I raised something and it died? You know, I think that's what dogs are supposed to do when you get a dog for a kid, you're supposed to learn that death is a thing, but it doesn't truly soak in until like you're a parent and you realize what having a kid is and you start to realize oh, that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, like before Emily, Emily didn't think I'd be good with kids. And then once you have something of your own, it just, she almost, like, when we had and our first kid, like, she said, you changed, like, as soon as you you held them, right? And uh, and and that's why I want to be able to – I just wish I had more time for them. Like that's it. why
1: you're an influence on me. Because when I look back at your older videos when you're doing a serial review with your kids, I'm like, that's stuff that might not seem like anything to him at the moment. But that shit your kids are going to be like, I remember when – you know, oh, they get excited.
0: We, we ordered some cereal and it came yesterday and it, it came, Amazon dropped it off. And then my, my Braxton gets all excited. We can do this one. We can review this Crayola cereal, which is actually pretty good. Actually, he opened the Imagine
1: box. Imagine that though, what you just said. Now look in the perspective of 20 years from now, when you're an older guy with grandpa sitting in our fucking retirement home. Cause your kids got sick of your bullshit and they you're sitting in there like, Oh, and your, your kid just goes with his kids. I remember sitting at the table with my dad doing these reviews of fucking cereal. Like I, like I how you, that have paid,
0: so you already, you already have a, a good mindset to be a father. Cause you kind of, you're a lot, you're really understanding.
1: I don't know. No, it's, it took a while to get me there, and that's from talking to so many people and trying to under – nobody yes. wants to understand that other perspective. I still have that one inside of me that goes like when I see a little kid in the store, I'm like that's the cutest fucking baby I've ever seen in my entire life. I would love to have kids. But then there's the other one that, that goes I'm not ready for it because I still have that thought of when one's screaming in a store that I would beat the shit out of it and not I, like not, it's like,
0: your own, man. I, I hear not when it's you.
1: your own bull even more if it's my own it's like if i have a fucking dog i, hear kids I love screaming
0: it, but. just like all right yeah i've been there they have no control it's, it's not the parent it's the kid or it's the scenario right um yeah it's it's rewarding it's frustrating being being a being a parent but i mean ultimately like you just you you, you hold on to some good moments I mean, now that as they get older, like Braxton, no, I don't want to hug, but every morning I'll walk him to school and he'll hold my hand and he'll be really quiet. And he'll be like, he'll want to kiss and a hug like three times before I let him off. And that's like the most kind of interaction I get with him, like lovey-dovey. And I cherish that. And I'm like, Braxton's like, dad, I always want to hold your hand every day. You walk me to school. I'm like, there's going to be a point when you get older. He's like, no, I'll still want to hold your hand. And I'm just like, just moments like that, like. Like, I just look forward to weekday mornings taking my son to school because I know I have that time with him.
1: The weirdest thing is when that, from that loving baby or young child stage, and then that gap where you turn into an adult and you just want to do your own thing, how it all circles right back around. Like, I think one of the most uh, tearing photos I've ever seen, which was like a meme kind of, and it was like a bunch of like, it was about 16 different, um, people, I would say they're all the same person, but just different times. Um, it was, a a mother holding a baby. And then the next photo was the baby got bigger. And then it was like a five-year gap every time. And then eventually it got to like the mother and daughter, like the mom was, or, or was elderly and the daughter was an adult. And then as she's getting older, she's starting to hold her own mother. Just like how it started at the beginning. And then watching that, I'm like, that's kind of how it goes. Is they end up taking care of you in the beginning to take yeah. end up taking care of them at the end. You know, Look it's up, this have, this have weird you ever push heard the pull.
0: book Love You Forever? No. It's like a childhood book. It's like a staple. Sounds in like Canada. Twilight. It's I Love You Forever. is a child book that when I read when I was little, it just showed basically the stages of a kid getting older turning into a father. And at the very end, it was him, like at the beginning, it was her holding him singing a certain song to sleep and then it was him holding her as a grandmother uh before she died basically in the book like singing the same song and it's just everything yeah like you said it comes full circle. And I don't like a lot like a lot of like that's not some people's destiny to have kids like it's it's your own personal choice like yeah. you know some people are like no you're you're put on this this earth to procreate and and be a mother or be a father and and that's that's your role but i mean like there's other people where like this doesn't fit their lifestyles and I understand that too like yeah, I mean, you don't, don't have to,
1: you don't just get that just from having kids or getting that perspective of things you can get that from, I mean, that's why a lot of people that don't choose to have kids have dogs have animals, because they still want the kid. It, that's just a, that's just an instinctual thing is that you want to be able to spread your seed or be able to have a version of you, you want to keep your bloodline going. That's just genetics. But you some people feel that feeling with getting a dog or getting a pet or yeah. something like that.
0: Somebody wanting them, wanting their attention, right? I just have to laugh sometimes. My, my, one of my buddies, I haven't seen in a while. They just got a dog and we ran into an Ikea and he's, he's sitting there for like half an hour complaining about how they don't get slave and the peas everywhere. I'm like, I, well, I got some stories for you, but you won't understand about having a kid, but
1: I'd rather pick up a dog shit than wipe a kid's ass. To be honest with you,
0: dude, doing diapers is not that bad.
1: You're fucking nuts.
0: You know what I have to do? I'd rather brax. I'd rather Tucker in diapers because now he's been potty trained for the past six months, but I still have to go in there and wipe his own ass. He won't wipe.
1: You got to get off that, the toilet bro. and not
0: wipe. And then he get crap all over his anyway. <laughs> anyways.
1: You got to fix that, bro. That's an issue.
0: We still have an embryo left. Emily just paid the, uh, the storage fees, $300 a year. And we have one embryo left.
1: Fucking change that perspective. Imagine you're paying a facility to hold (laughs) on to the last of your living kin.
0: Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, like the and I'm talking to another guy that I know that him and his and his wife are going through the process, and he's telling me how expensive it is. I'm like, man, they have upped the charges big time here. I want to
1: see your fucking like you one day, just be like, oh, there's just that extra payment that was taken out for the storage for our extra kin that's uh sitting in a lab somewhere on ice
0: Emily's had baby fever she wants a girl but 72 percent of babies that are born through this clinic are boys and it's funny because uh emily's got two sisters and one of the sisters is basically like you can tell uh, the way she interacts with our boys like she needs to be a mother like but she just hasn't haven't found the right guy and she's just like you know i don't know if she's joking or not she's like she would actually use our embryo if we didn't use it and that'd be kind of I don't know, cool, but kind of weird at the same time. Like basically, like, hey, there's my third child. And I wait,
1: wait till CRISPR becomes even bigger, where you can actually manipulate it to make it into a girl.
0: Well, if we went down the states, then you can do gender selection there. It's not illegal.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I have. Quite, like, I think it's important. Like, if you like, if. My, here's where my empathy factor kicks in. Is this scenario that you might enjoy, <laughs> um, if you like my scenarios so much? Imagine you're sitting there with your loved one, and you get the doctor looks at you and says, "Hey, going What the hell is that? Someone gets shot?
0: How no, we're in Dartmouth? Di- well, now someone's throwing something at the garage door.
1: Okay, well, imagine if you're you're sitting there with your significant other, and you're talking to the doctor, and the doctor says, "I have good news and bad news." good news is you're going to have a kid. Bad news is your kids going to be severely disabled. Uh, There's, there's a way we can fix it to give him a happy and full life. I would, I think that's the important part of being able to modify it is when you can fix that to make sure it does have a full life because I think my biggest fear is if I have a kid is having that happen where I'm going to have a kid that's severely disabled and I don't think as a That's why I say, I don't know if I'm going to be a good father or I'm not going to be a father is because there are some people that can handle that situation, but me as a person, I don't feel like I could handle that. I think it would break me down to the point of when I look in my kid's eyes and him not being able to register that I'm there would be the biggest fear in my mind of like, is this all really happening? I want you to be able to live after I'm gone and that's my fear that's my biggest fear of all time. I've never admitted that to anybody. Um, but from reading books, dealing with like, uh, mentally, uh, a brother of a mentally challenged person. And then from the mentally challenged person themselves, it was like a fiction book, but understanding like, the kid's like, Oh, well, here I go. My body's drooling again. He goes, I wish he was like Stephen Hawking. He was like, I wish I could just tell them that I do understand what they're saying. I do understand that you're saying that you love me. I'm, I'm taking that in and I'm screaming. I love you back. And then from the brother's perspective where the brother was just like, I wish you could fucking hear me when I say, I fucking love you. And he's just watching his brother drool, but inside his brother's head, he's like super smart. He's like, I do fucking love you. And Yeah. Yeah. the not knowing if, if they can understand me or not or this type of situation is my biggest fear because i want to make sure that if you i do like bring well if i like do that. something so powerful to bring something into this world i want to know that it can sustain itself i want to make sure i've done everything in my grasp and in my abilities to be able to give this give this piece of me a chance of living and having a happy life. You don't ever want, I think as a parent, you don't ever want your kids to struggle. You don't ever want your kids to be in pain, but you know, pain is necessary for growth, but the ability that, that pain is not going to create growth. Yeah. It's the fucking toughest pill to swallow.
0: Yeah. I just, as soon as you have kids, you're like, look, they have all their fingers, they have all their feet, all their toes. And, uh, like we had a small issue with Braxton. He has Marcus Gunn jaw-winking syndrome where we first, when he was first born, he wouldn't open his left eye and now his, uh, his uh, nerve from his jaw is fused with his left eye. So like it flutters, like it mimics when he's chewing, it goes, we've been going to an eye specialist because he's got a droopy eyelid, but we were always thought like, would be made fun of in school and all that? But that's not coming kind of an issue. But Emily knows a girl that, uh, She used to babysit. This kid has basically five to 10 seizures a day. He's basically like, he's given to maybe, maybe he was, he was already supposed to pass away. Like he's maybe seven or eight years old and he can't talk. He lashes out. Like he obviously loves his family, but like, we'd see her drop, drop off their other daughter who's autistic. I'm like, man, she's got an autistic daughter. And I I don't know what the condition is for him. Like, man, she has got a tough and, and the husband is so busy with the businesses he owns. Like he doesn't like help out at all. And I feel so bad for her because she's, she's stretched between these two kids. And uh, yeah, anyways, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I, I, I didn't actually think of that scenario, but then when I see, like, I was just, I've thought like, okay, if my, my, my child had a disability and stuff like that, like, it's, it's it's already a big enough barrier as it is just parenting a like a, a, normal, like a normal people you know say I mean? it's
1: well people say it's selfish like why would you bring something into this world and then put it up for adoption and i was like sometimes that's the best option to be honest with you if you know as a parent you can't handle it like you don't want to be that mom that's on the news that drowned three of her fucking kids in a river like there are some people that just can't handle the responsibility of it. So well, if
0: my mom did that when she was sixteen, she had a baby when she was sixteen, and she she put it up for adoption fifteen years later, she finds that that her daughter is um, through the adoption agency is, and then she got in contact with there's working at like a KFC like five minutes from her, and they reconnect, and then she's been talking to her. her daughter has a family now, lives lives out west and 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 I'm like that's the coolest thing ever. I just don't understand abortion unless there's complications, but I'm like, well, why not just have the baby and just put up adoption if instead of aborting it? Like, I don't it's, understand. it's
1: it's the perspective of is it selfish to give up something that you created because you just didn't have the time to deal with it, or is it strong that the person was able to give up something that they created because they know that they would have done a worse job if they raised it themselves? Neglect is just like misery. It's a cousin of misery. It's something that, can really affect a person's life. So if I was gonna have a kid and know that I would be neglecting it on the amount of work I had to do to make sure I could support this kid or do something like that, I would want there to always be an option of where there was an emotional connection because I believe physical neglect, emotional neglect are two of the worst things than neglect of not having a certain amount of items, not having a certain amount of this. Like I'd rather go through struggle than go with through neglect because that's the biggest fucking incapacitator in my mind.
0: You feel like there's nothing nothing beside you, nobody around you. I don't know, man. You're getting pretty deep.
1: It happens. <laughs>
0: the way I look at things is I just try and stay positive for like, I look at as it sounds horrible. It's like, my, my family's a team. And if I'm off a little certain way, like my kids, like see it, my wife picks up on it. And then that, that kind of just alters their mood and stuff. Like, so I'm kind of always, I feel a tiny bit of pressure on me to be always the guy that's kind of positive, the funny guy, the, the weird guy. And then there's sometimes moments where I just don't feel like talking to them. Like, Emily automatically assumes like maybe there's something, maybe you're pissed off or you're being cranky. I'm just like, some moves, I just don't want to go on social media and stuff like that. Like you ever get that?
1: I do post and ghost now I'm rarely on it. Like when you guys message me and stuff, I'll respond back. But I, only do, I do a post and then I'm just off of it. I cut it out when I started realizing I was caring way too much about followers. When I started watching that number tick up and then go down i started realizing that was an issue of i was constantly checking my phone twenty four seven, just watching the follower count refreshing and refreshing and i was like and this happened a couple months ago where i just took a break off of it you know i was like i'd rather just do it to get guests and then hop off of it you know i'm not caring about if it grows to be a number one show i'm only caring about the bucket and the conversations that i have because i think i've experienced more growth through doing this than i have through anything in my entire life
0: Yeah. If you're going to like, you, like I, you mentioned about stopping, like, I don't think you're going to stop anytime soon, man. Like it's just going to keep growing.
1: It's too fucking fun right now. I think I like doing it the way I like to do it where people go like, is it an interview? I'm like, no, it's conversation with me. And that is like watching the movie Deadpool. Like, if that was a superhero, I feel like that's who I would be is because my mind is just like how his goes off where it's like fucking Celine Dion playing while he's chopping off people's hands. Like that's my brain just on fucking drugs
0: 24-7. This is your outlet. I was nervous when I first came on last year because I listened to a couple of your episodes. I'm like, man, like, so, like PhDs, all this stuff. You I and so
1: Brian much. both listened to my past episodes and we're like, I'm so fucking nervous. I'm like, why? It's You don't have to be fucking smart. You just come on the show and have fun. I just
0: assumed I'm like, okay, he likes good, intelligent conversation. Well, I'm not that intelligent and I'm okay. at Conversation. That's why I was just like, man, I need to get high for this. And then, then obviously I got high again for a podcast a couple weeks ago. And that was just a complete write-off. So I'm just, uh,
1: you just did but, a straight up almost hour forty, so I would have to say that you did all right. You know what I mean? I think it's when you're actually like it keeps you know, on
0: saying I'm unstable. I have to go move a, my Emily's friend's couch now, a sectional up a small stairway.
1: Pivot, um, pivot. That you know? Uh, have you ever seen Friends where Ross is screaming pivot,
0: pivot? No. Dude, like, I
1: have to send you that. It's the best gif in the world. Where he's they're carrying a couch up the steps, and it's like around a corner, and she's like Jennifer Aniston's pushing the couch, and he goes, "You have to pivot, pivot," and he just keeps oh, no, screaming no, no. "pivot" for like five it's minutes, like, and she just drops the like, coach Pivot, pivot,
0: pivot. The I'll couch. say that because Emily loves Friends, so maybe she might understand that reference. But does she love Jennifer
1: Aniston? Who doesn't? Who's your top three if you could date or if you could marry one? Mary fuck kill.
0: Um, I'd say Charlie Theron would be up there. Really, Charlie Theron? She's beautiful. She's I. Right. Natalie Portman's pretty cute too. Wow. Okay. I'm That's not. A, I don't care about the hair color. What's the third I, choice? I really don't know, man. I'm. It has to be famous or an actor. um It'd Be anybody. Ivana Trump. Fuck Mary Kill out of. I'm messing three. with you. Yeah, Kill. Yeah, that'd be Kill. <laughs> so
1: she's Kill. Then who would you marry? charlie's Theron.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
1: Then you would just fuck Natalie Portman.
0: Which, yeah, because Charlize plays such like down to earth, like not beautiful roles, and it and she's beautiful except for Monster, and whatever she's in. Right. So
1: my choices are way different. And what are they? Kate Upton, Mariah Carey, and Jennifer Aniston.
0: Who would you kill? Jennifer Lopez.
1: Jennifer Lopez? When you on the list?
0: I thought you said who did you say Jennifer Aniston? Never mind.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm thinking Lopez. I'm
1: like, oh, I God. would definitely marry. Je- no maybe i don't know that's a tough one between mariah carey and jennifer aniston probably marry mariah carey We're and then i these days. i don't care i still picture her from don't mess with the zohan where she was hot as shit singing at we a hacky sack movie. tournament i we fucking it's a good movie it can't be done today
0: on our first date on our first we didn't know it was a date to i watched just-
1: that with my dad in the theaters and my dad's like i don't I thought this was an Adam Sandler movie. It's very, very sexual innuendos all over the place. So yeah, like, right
0: you couldn't put that in theaters these days.
1: But um, then I would probably, I'd have to probably end up killing Kate Upton.
0: I'm trying to, okay. Kate Upton, I'm thinking she's the one that was swimsuit illustrated, right? Yes. Okay, I'm thinking of another one where she's Kate something and she's a model, but she's paper thin and she's disgusting. I don't
1: know that one. Caitlyn Jenner?
0: What, what, uh, Tom, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. I can't even think of his name now. Spider-Man. Holland? Yeah. Who's who's Tom Holland dating? Nobody. Don't have time for that. Probably. You don't have a drink with you today. You usually have like an energy drink or something or a pop. And I wore this sweater because it kind of looks like one of your, uh, your ponchos, your, your blankets. My Serape that I found out yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. This is from High on Life. It's actually alpaca, real alpaca.
1: I really, actually, was going to ask you in the beginning, like, where did you get that? If you could send that to me, because I like that.
0: Yeah, it's actually uh, actually the the founder. he was a young, some young guys out in uh, BC, in British Columbia, that started this. And actually, a couple of them actually ended up a guy and a girl ended up killing themselves. Cause they jumped off. Of, oh my um,
1: God. I was going to say killed in a moose accident, but you were like, Nope. Fuck it. No, gonna... no,
0: I know. They drank up too much maple syrup. eh? But they, anyway,
1: Canada. Why do we let you be a country?
0: I know how you feel about Canada. You, uh, you I love it, Canada to Canada. be
1: honest with you, man.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I really honestly do enjoy Canada.
0: And I love America.
1: Well, I guess we <laughs> can end it on that.
0: I know, We're all the same, man.
1: Where can people find you I'll link it in the description too.
0: High Spoon. And especially, I like to do zero uh, views called Bull Talk. All thanks to my uh, good buddy here, Robbie. Great ideas. Great, great bet. Yeah, you don't get, I don't give you enough credit, man. Like, I'm going to clip
1: this part out so it's okay.
0: All right. High Spoon, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Got a few followers there, but yeah. I'm
1: watching all the videos. I know you
0: are, even the lives.